Why have you done it? Well, I've always said that this position would eventually become redundant, and I had a good discussion with the CEO and the chairman this morning, and uh, we've agreed that that time is, is, is now, and I think it's the right time. Was it your decision? Yeah, it's my decision. I'm the one that's recommending we do it straight away. Um, the decision hasn't been made exactly when this will take effect. We spoke this morning about maybe at the end of the year or maybe in a couple of months' time, but um, I've just recommended we do it sooner rather than later. When you went through the thought process, uh, what were you thinking about? Well, just the future of the club. I mean, I've always maintained that this position was never going to be around forever. Um, I just see the club in such a strong position at the moment. We've got the right board of directors, the right management, we've got the right coaching staff. We've got the right people in our club who love the club and, um, and, uh, and are so passionate about their work there. I just think the club's in a really healthy space and um, my job is done. Your job is done, but you haven't got a premiership. Was that always part of your charter? I'm not so worried about the premiership. Our, our, our initial goal was long-term survival, just financial sta- uh, stability. And the club has got a, a very strong financial base at the moment. And it's got a long and uh, sustainable future, and, and that's very, very important. I, I love the number of players that we've developed and brought through to, uh, in that club and the number of staff that we have too. When I got there, we had 11 full-time staff. You know, Now we've got 50 people loving working in rugby league and making a great contribution to the club and the game. Gus, you love the Penrith Club. Are you feeling like you've been pushed out in any way? No, not at all. Not at all. No, we, we always knew this day would come. And I think now's the right time. I think uh, the club is ready to, to go on to bigger and better things. And I'm sure we've got the right people in the club to do that. What's your heart feeling right now? Um, I'm actually pretty proud, to be honest, of everything that we've done and everything we've achieved. And uh, I'm actually handling this day better than I thought I would. But it's... Um, it's been a wonderful experience. The club has been so great to me. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and uh, hopefully I've been good for them. What does Penrith mean to you? Everything. They gave him a start in rugby league many, many years ago. Captained the club, coached the club. I've now worked in the club, um, you know, and seen so many people there, and so many people I love and have been associated with for a long time are still a part of that club, and that's why I know it's in good hands. You've been linked to other clubs. Are you done with rugby league now in a coaching or general manager capacity? There's been no doubt that I've, you know, I've had approaches over the years many times, but I've knocked them all back within minutes. You know, not because I don't respect that or not humbled by the opportunity, but um, you know, my, my heart was at Penrith and that's what I'm doing. And now that's over, I'll just take a seat back. I'll work in the media and dodge blokes like you. <laughs> Any chance you'll coach again or be a general manager no, again? I'm too old to coach again, mate, I think. Yeah. What about in general manager capacity? I don't think so. I don't, I don't see really see myself back in clubland now. I think... Uh, there's some other challenges I can take on. I'm looking forward to it. Cronulla are said to have been interested in you. Is there any chance of Cronulla? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk about other clubs that have made approaches, but you know, I, I talk to a lot of clubs a lot of the times about a lot of things. You know, I love rugby league and I love people that are passionate about it, and um, I'm happy to help any time I can. But right at the moment, I'm looking forward to the next big challenge. What's that? Don't know. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 194 of Not The Footy Show. I'm Warwick Nicholson and I'm joined on the phone by the man with a plan, Mr. Rob Cox. G'day mate, how are you? I'm good buddy. We have to convene today because in the last 24 hours, one of our more popular uh, rugby league figures, Mr. Phil Gould, has stepped aside slash made redundant by his own means, uh, pushed by some people's 
uh, reading into the situation from his post as general manager of football at the Penrith Panthers. This will be our podcast. This will be what you'll get today from us is just our evaluation of the feel-good legacy at the Penrith Panthers. And Mm. uh, right off the bat, mate, what was the first thing you thought of uh, when you heard the news come through? I was a little surprised, to be honest. I was uh, a little taken aback, only because, um, look, I know that Gus is one of those polarising figures. You either love him or hate him. There's not too many people out there that just are a bit kind of wishy-washy about him. I think he's one of those ones that, um, yeah, normally people have an opinion on him, and I love him. Um, I think he's, and I don't know him personally, by the way, uh, but I do know that I believe him to be probably the one of the smartest people in rugby league in Australia right now. Yep. I believe that he's got a lot of a lot of history. He's also very political. Uh, if he's on your side, um, you know he's really on your side, and if he's against you, you'll know about that too. Um, but I think he's been very successful, and and in saying that. Yeah, I was surprised that he left, but upon reflection, I can see why. Um, Gus isn't one to, to hang around, I, I don't think, once he knows that um, either somebody uh, you know, has it in for him or if he thinks that he can't offer offer the situation anything or maybe a bit of everything above. you know. Um, so yeah, mate, my initial reaction was surprise, uh, and then upon thinking about it and listening to a couple of things through the media, I thought, oh yeah, pretty good timing, you know. Yeah, look, I wish him all the best in his decision. I think he uh, pretty much had the writing on the wall when the story came out about the Wayne Bennett handshake agreement that mm. didn't stick uh, and the fact that the uh, chairman of the Panthers board had gone out and basically promised the job to Ivan Cleary. That was mm. pretty much the moment. Once that story got out, and the key in that whole uh, part of the argument is that it happened a while back and it had somehow been... Uh, kept under wraps that this was the case. I know we'd spoken about it and I thought that yeah. Bennett was the right option for them and mm. I thought Gould's the kind of bloke he'll go out and get him. If he thinks they're that close, he'll go out and get someone like uh, Bennett. And the yeah. fact that that story evolved and came out and the way that it came out as well, it was a very matter-of-fact comment from the, well, uh, the chairman. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that the, the crux of the matter here is is the person who released that story and broke it was him. Yeah. He, he let the cat out of the bag and... Uh, feels very Phil Gould's very smart. I, I don't think that he would have done that by accident. Um, he would have known for a while now about once he does, once that becomes public, that that will probably be seem very close to the end of his tenure. Um, especially with you know, even if he and Ivan do get along, um, yep. just releasing that information that the head of football, the general manager of football, would have preferred in the first instance, uh, another coach um, virtually spells the um, uh, the death knock for for their relationship as far as anything publicly goes anyway. I mean, it might get rescued in the future. It might may not be even as bad as what some people are saying. But I, I think that, you know, that's a nice big full stop on um, him at Penrith. Yeah, just adding to that element of why it was the the reason that it broke the, uh, the straw on the camel's back or whatever you say that stupid saying is that he basically agreed with Bennett that you're going to come down and in the other corner the chairman's making his decision with, with Cleary. I mean, that was that's just clear as day. You know, mm. you have played your role as far as the board and the CEO have seen it. So mm. uh, that was really – we've opened the show with his um, interview with Danny Wilder from Nine – uh, and as you would have heard already of people, effectively, he's like, you know, I'm my job's done. Now, that's the next question I guess we have here, Cogsmith, is 
is his job done or was his job done? There's a slightly two different ways you can take that question. Yeah. Oh, look, I think I, I think uh, it was a bit of both. I, th- I think um, his time was up. I think he'd been there for eight years, nearly nine years, or maybe yep. it was nine So he years. arrived in May of 2011, I believe, is the, the, the date. Okay. Yep. Okay. So he, he'd, he'd been there for a good amount of time and, mate, he achieved a lot whilst there yep um so love him or hate him um you know a lot of people the only thing that a lot of people will jump on is his five-year plan thing there's a lot of people that'll um take the you know take the p155 out of out of what he said the five-year plan and no he didn't get a premiership but they did they did make the, the finals quite a few times in in those years well how about how about um, i just give a, a rundown of his performance mm. as gm of football since sure. we'll, we'll call 2011 a bit of a wash because it was halfway through the season for the record they finished 9 and 15 and in 12th spot and then in 2012 his first full year in charge they were 8 and 16 and finished 15th then in 2013 they were 11 and 13 and finished 10th and in 2014, the two chances I think they had to win the comp, this was the first opportunity. They finished 15-9 and nine and finished in fourth spot, and they made their prelim final where they got beaten by Canterbury. Uh, that was the uh, Ivan Cleary era, or the, the full stop on the Ivan Cleary era. I think he was gone by the end of the next season. But that opportunity they had uh, to make the grand final uh, was certainly there against a Dogs team that I think surprised a lot of people by getting past them on that night. In 2015, they were 9 and 15. I think that cost uh, Cleary his job. In 2016, they were 14 and 10. They finished sixth. And Cogsmith, that was the year where, mm. at the back end of the year, there wasn't a hotter team going around than the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. Uh, that was where I think the promise of what the Panthers are now and whether they're delivering on that is a, a big question. That's where it was planted, everybody. They, they had some awesome young players hitting their strides. Uh, they ended up bowing out in week two to the Raiders in Canberra. Then in 2017, they were 13-11. and 11. They finished seventh. They also got through the first week there and then bowed out against the Broncos. Uh, and then 2018, which is last year, they were impressive, 15-9, and nine, just as good a record as uh, the year of 2014. They finished fifth, though. They got through the Warriors in the first week and then were knocked out uh, last year. I couldn't even tell you who knocked them out last year, mate. Yeah, it was at ANZ Stadium, I believe. Actually, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so we've we've done our research here on the footy yeah, show like yeah. the last the re- year. Research department has let us down again. It has. Like. To, I mean, that's that's probably me. Uh, let's just uh, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, 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 oh, yeah, clearly it was Cronulla. Uh, what are we talking about? Was it? And it was that. It was Al, it, was. it was Allianz Stadium. I mean, come on, mate. I mean, yeah, you, that's what I meant. That's yeah, what I meant. starts the name. There's ANZ in Allianz. So it was. Um, yeah. No. Look, I. I mate, that's I, the record. I think that's I think that's quite successful, but more so not only their on-field stuff, but what's happening at Penrith off-field as far as their football development um, and uh, their, you know, their their infrastructure there is um, probably one of the best in the league, if, if not in the you know, if not the best, then they're at least in the top two or three. Um, and and I think you can you know you can basically uh, thank Gus Gould. Um, Pretty much predominantly, um, that was his idea. His yep. his brainchild was to have the the centre of excellence and um, and um, basically create pathways for development of players. And that's what he's very passionate about: um, developing rugby league players. Because if you don't develop them, you've got to buy them. And um, exactly. uh, if everyone just thought about that, then there'd be no development of players. So uh, I think he's done a great job there. I think there will be other, um, you know, he, we haven't seen the last of him anyway. That's, nah. what, that's what I think. Nah, we'll cover that a little bit later in the conversation. But just to sum up that, uh, that record, in the full seasons that Gus Gould was the GM of football, that Panthers mm. were 85 and 83. Yep. 
Uh, and that's, a lot of reason for that is because the first three seasons or the first two seasons under him, they had uh, significantly bad records. Yeah. But you know, if you get to a prelim final amongst those four appearances, second week three times as well, that is relatively successful. And, and yes, they didn't make their, their grand final. They didn't win their premiership. And just going back to where you mentioned the five-year plan, what was he supposed to say? I mean, that's the thing that always yeah. bugs me when I hear people say, oh, you know, he, um, he, he said he'd win a comp within five years. Well, people want to hear what your thoughts are around when you are going to deliver something. And look, not every team delivers a premiership. It's amazing that that happens. I, thought the, I think the Telegraph's been a little bit harsh there, expecting 16 teams to win the comp every year. But, mm. oh, gee, thanks for underlining that point for me, Cocksmith. Sorry. Um, not sure that came up. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty successful effort. And he's also gone through two coaches. Uh, he, yeah. you know, got Cleary to a stage and then decided Cleary wasn't it. And look, there are there is talk about who was coaching the team and all that kind of stuff under Griffin. At the end of the day, um, Gus probably was pulling the strings mostly in, in probably both those relationships. And maybe that's the key now is that, you know, he doesn't have that influence. And as a guy like him with what he can to offer, if he's getting pushed to the side a little bit, I can understand why he goes, well, you know, if I've got the off-field stuff ready and they don't, want my input on field anymore, which is, you know, the prerogative of Ivan Cleary having been brought back in on a five-year deal, then mm. Gould is smart enough to go, well, I'm not going to sit here and, and not want to come to work. And I think that's probably the key element that I look at with, with Gus and the way that he approaches gigs that he does. If he doesn't enjoy it, he doesn't stick around much. He doesn't stick around very long. Um, mm. And that's probably the, the crux of it is that you've mentioned that he did eight years plus. They've had moderate success. Uh, are they on the verge of a premiership? Probably not, and that's probably a result of the salary cap, etc. And and Gould's openly admitted that. Uh, I think it was about eighteen months ago. He said that the salary cap didn't go up the way they'd basically been told, which meant that they would have to get rid of a lot of players over a short period of time. And sometimes when you lose that kind of depth uh, on a team that everyone says is about to take the next step, it actually means they're further away than they are actually uh, close to it. And that's mm. just the reality. And look, they've done their deal. They've got the deal. They've got uh, Nathan Cleary locked up for a long time. But yeah, I don't know if the Panthers are closer to a premiership uh, now than they were a couple of years ago. But the point is, and I think you made it before, is that off the field, Gus has got them back on track. I think he mentioned in his interview they had 11 full-time staff when he came on. They've now got 50, and everyone enjoys going to work. And the key point is he does no longer, from what he said, enjoy going to work as much as he did. And, and that's you know par for the course if you basically get told you know, we're going to go in this certain direction and if you're not part of the plans, then so be it. So just to quote the actual uh, CEO, this is his word, word for word, what he said about the uh, sacking or the redundancy, whatever you want to call it. I've spoken to Gus and he feels his job has become redundant, that the job has been done. That's that's pretty much exactly what he said in the interview and I'm fine mm. with it. Phil Gould in his tenure here as GM of football, I give him part, more than a pass mark. I say, you know, it's a it's a really strong B plus as far as I'm concerned. Mm. No, no, he mate, he's uh, I, you know, as you know, I'm a, I'm an unabashed fan of him, and and I think um, I think he's done a fantastic job. I I think he's you know going back to what you said before about um, the 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 hiring of of Ivan Cleary for the second time. I mean, obviously, some whoever hired Ivan Cleary, who was it, Dave? Who was it? Oh, it was Dave. Dave somewhere. Was, Cam- yeah, no, no. Old, old mate Dave, who O'Neill, hired Ivan O'Neill, Cleary, O'Neill, Dave O'Neill. he knew, he knew, or he must have had a very good idea because if he knew Phil Gould, he'd know that that hiring of a coach without the consultation of the general manager of football would be the end of the the relationship. Yep. Um, 
and especially seeing as Gus had already fired Ivan, you know, and and look, Ivan's a decent coach, but like Paul Crawley last night on NRL three hundred and sixty pointed out, there's been no coach that's ever won a premiership after uh, coaching two hundred and fifty plus games and not winning one. So there's been no maiden victory in in a um, hashtag stats. So if he does, if they do get a premiership under Ivan Cleary, he'll be the first coach ever that has coached more than two hundred and fifty games for his first um, maiden grand final well, victory. There you go, Mr. So, Statman. Yeah, so look, it's it's a it's a fairly big risk, um, but at the same time, I think the line was drawn in the sand, and and that was a signal enough for for Gus to say, well, uh, if, if if you don't want my input, great, I'll um I'll find somewhere else that maybe does want my input, or maybe he won't. I mean, look, we know he's going to get a payout. They mentioned that on three hundred and sixty last yep. night. He's in his um in his contract. He's got written yeah, an early exit means a payout. We don't. And know just what, to what quote Fletcher, the CEO, again, he says he's got a contract, and there are certain clauses in that contract that are honoured. So yes, he will get paid. Yeah, well, I mean, he's still got. Um, he's in the first year of a five-year deal. So, I, I, look, I'm not even going to guess. Actually, I'm going to guess. I'd say he's probably <laughs> going to get 12 months worth of salary out of it yep. um, to walk away. Um, I know that the salary was good, as you'd expect it to be with someone of, of Phil's history and and um, runs on the board. Uh, so, look, um, the next deal he takes, if he takes one, could be slightly less than what he's worth because he's about to get uh, probably a nice little spare chunk of change into his bank account which will afford him to go and do something that might be considered unders for him if he hadn't have gotten that change so look i think whatever he does it'll be a um it'll be a challenge he, he likes a challenge um i'd love to see him at the nrl i'd love to see him in hmm. the nrl well let's have a you? let's have a break here on the footy show let's come back and mm. talk about two things one being what's next for phil gould and two i think we need to delve a little bit back into the past to Phil Gould's first tenure as basically the supremo at the Panthers and might have a few lessons about what he might do next. Uh, and we'll come back after the break on Not The Footy Show. Not The Footy Show. I love coming back from breaks. It is good, isn't it? it? It makes my balls tingle. Just saying. <laughs> Just so you know. Did you write that by down? The way, did you write by that the way, down? I did drop something before, as you might have heard. <laughs> what was it? Um, my false teeth fell out. There it is! It's all over! Penrith claim their first ever title, the Winfield Cup of 1991. What a finish for Roy Simmons! What a champion he has been for his club. 258 appearances. What an exit from the game. Cartwright got out there as a reserve to play his part. Alexander did his role. And Phil Gould, this young coach, again takes out a championship. Okay, we're back. It's not the footy show, episode 194. Warwick Nicholson and Rob Cox. We're talking Gus Gould and his legacy at the Penrith Panthers. We've covered off the, I guess, the last eight years, this general manager incarnation of Phil Gould. But we also want to go back to the first incarnation of Phil Gould at the Panthers. Not the playing version, but the actual coach slash supremo slash you know, lord of everything, master of the universe, etc. He, he also played for Penrith too. Yeah, he did. He did. And then he went around the league from what I understand. Yeah. He kept, I think he captained the Panthers as well. Yeah. But yeah. let's go back to uh, yeah. 1990 to 94, which was the Phil Gould era as supremo number one. 
Uh, it started pretty well, Cocksmith. Uh, I know your memory goes back as far as that as, as well as does mine. And the Panthers, in 1990, uh, after flaming out 0-2 in the 89 finals, finished third. 15-6-1 they were that year, mate. And they uh, made a massive statement in the major preliminary semi-final by beating Canberra in mm. extra time. They went into their first grand final. And what's your memories of, of, I guess, the start of the Phil Gould era, that 1990 sort of period after he left Canterbury where he'd won a comp in his first season in 88? Yeah, so so then he went to the Panthers. And, um, uh, mate, the, the Panthers team basically transformed into basically a, another Canterbury team, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, which is funnily enough uh, because it was had Phil Gould at the, at the helm. Uh, his, his teams often played very, very similarly. Um, given what stock he had to, to play with. But they were very successful. They were hard to beat. Um, and I believe they played in their first grand final, like you mentioned, in 1990. Yep. Uh, which they lost to Canberra. They did. Um, and then they played the very next year in 91. So they went off the back of that 89, uh, that 1990 uh, success. They had beaten Brisbane and Canberra and then lost to Raiders and the GF. But 1991 was the year where it all came together, I think, uh, Fittler was in mm. his fourth year of first grade. Uh, Alexander was just about the best player going around. Uh, yep. Royce Simmons was coming to the end of his career. But as you mentioned, there was plenty of uh, very, very strong uh, players in that pack that had come away from Canterbury. Uh, yep. They did the business. They played a Canberra team that I think had about seven players with one hamstring, which isn't bad, but they did the job. And if you remember, even Mark Guy got sinbin in that grand final and they still found he a did. way to win. Yep. He starts his yep. first two years with, with grand finals and a premiership. I mean, it's not a bad effort to have won two premierships in your first four seasons as a head coach. Well, I think that, that kind of – the writing was on the wall then as far as Gus as an overseer of, of teams, whether it be as a coach or as a general manager. Um, you know, he, he was going to be successful um, and, he, and he went on to prove that he, he you know, he was that. Um, and I think, I think uh, you know, the, the Penrith, the Penrith uh, district needed someone or, or basically success like that. Um, because, you know, for a long time, the Panthers were known as the Chocolate Warriors. You know, you put the heat on them and they'll melt. Chocolate um, soldiers, Gus, I think, mate. Yeah, got uh, chocolate soldiers, warriors, <laughs> warriors. whatever. Go the warriors. Um, yeah, the, but uh, so he, he brought a, he brought a certain um, starch to the to the um, the team, and uh, he was also um, afforded the luxury of having the likes of Greg Alexander and Steve Carter, and uh, over the years, and guys like that, and Royce Simmons and MG and um, Nobby you know, Clark, was, Paul Dunn, Barry Walker, the, Vandervoort, Cartwright. You know, yeah, it was, was it was a good uh, team. Absolutely, and um, uh, so you know, for, for a number of years, there was success there. Um, but I think it was mostly uh, brought on by um, uh, the resolve of uh, and, and the bringing together of men. I mean, obviously, he's a great, uh, you know, a leader of men, a bit like a bit like Mal Meninga. Yep. Um, you know, he, he he knows how to lead men. He know he knows how to get them to follow, um, and he proved that you know in, in Origin years where he did virtually the same thing. You know, um, he got them to believe and got them to follow. So, uh, yeah, he, he was he was very successful at Penrith early on. Yeah, but unfortunately in 92, uh, I think it was the year that they lost Ben Alexander. It's often uh, referred to as the sort of the the, the incident, um, sadly, where it, it sort of tore the team apart and they couldn't focus and they ended up uh, finishing yeah. out of the playoffs in, in 92. Not final five in 92 at 11-11, and 93-7 and 15 in 12th. And the 1994 rolls around and there's the rumours of Super League happening and everything else happening. And there's a guy called Brad Fittler who's coming off contract. And 
1994 is also remembered as the, the year that uh, Gould was on the sideline and got sent off by Bill Harrigan as they got <laughs> smashed by Cronulla right. at Shark Park. Uh, he was yeah. gone. He left the Panthers within two weeks after that. I just did my research yeah. before, and they finished up. Had a, they were a respectable eighth at the end of 1994, but he took over the, the Roosters in 95. And my memory from that is always that I believe, and look, if I'm wrong, I apologise. This is relying on my memory from how many years ago, but he denied and denied and denied that he was going to the Chooks and, um, even though he didn't officially coach uh, Sydney City as they became in '95, until '95, the, the the talk was just incessant that he was going to East, Pilatus was going to get his man, etc., etc., and eventually he left the Panthers. So, you know, as much as this current situation where he's being sort of forced out, he also has chosen to leave the Panthers in the past and yeah. go to green, greener pastures. And I guess that's why I wanted to go down this road. He was so heavily... Uh, fancied at that stage, and quite rightly, because he'd had success. The, the uh, New South Wales team that he'd taken over um, was just full of like the best talent in rugby league at that stage, and they were a they were a force to be reckoned with. And he was just the it item. Now, although he didn't win a premiership at uh, the Roosters through that period, everyone was just like Gus Gould is the man. And it's funny the, his last year in charge of a rugby league team was the year I was in Canada. I lived in Canada for a year. And I remember coming back and going, where's Gus? Because when you're overseas back in 99, you can't really follow things as easily. Um, mm. What's your memory of how he sort of left the Roosters, I guess, is my question to you. What year did he leave again? 2000. So it was 90, 1990 was when he, he finished because 2000, yeah. Graham Murray took over and yeah. they made the grand final and, and whatever. I know he stayed at the Roosters in a capacity, but do you remember anything about the, the chat about why he wasn't coaching uh, the Roosters uh, anymore? I'll be honest with you, and, and I think I might have touched on this before. Um, there was a couple of years that I had a bit of a hiatus from, from uh, rugby league. 2005 was one of them. I was off working for um, a uh, production company, um, so I didn't do much rugby league. And 2000 was the uh, year of the Olympics. 2000-2001 was the year of the Olympics, and I... Um, Again, I was off doing something else other than rugby league. So my, my memory is a little hazy around that time. So, But I'm sure you've got something up your sleeve, was I? No, no I, I, said I was in Canada. I have no idea. I can't remember. Right. What were you doing in Canada? Were you chasing beaver around there or what were you doing? Uh, and elk and antelope and, and all yeah. those things. Uh, you're, you're into hunting, are you? Beaver hunts and stuff. Fair enough. Uh, no, look, I... Um, <laughs> I tried to, but then you came back on it. Uh, no, so that, that year, mate, the, the only thing I've mentioned it a thousand times on the show, the only thing I saw in rugby league that entire mm. season was that the Stadium Australia roof leaked Origin 2. That was yep. as, as much as of 99 that I saw. Mm. That's a highlight. It is. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, about as look, much as you're offering right now, mind you. Yeah, well, hey, you were over there. I'm, I was elsewhere. Um, I wasn't in jail either, by the way. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> what. Um, so give me the history here. He he left. Was it two thousand and when did Ricky so, so win the the premiership? Was it two thousand two? So ninety nine was the last yep. year that Gus was in charge of coaching. Okay, and then he stuck so around. Two thousand. Then two thousand. Then two thousand two thousand one. He was still coaching director. Correct. Yes. So Graham Murray took over as coach. He was there for uh, two thousand two thousand one, and then Stuart came in from two thousand and two. Onwards. Okay, and was Ricky? St- uh, sorry, was uh, was Gus still at the Roosters in two thousand two? Yes, he was. Or, okay, because that's the one that a lot of people will say that Ricky hasn't really won a comp, and I know that's nasty, and I would never say that about Ricky. Oh, you? Oh, and, and never I say it. Oh, and I even I even shudder to bring it up in case he's listening in. You know, on a cold night in Canberra while sipping a Merlot in front of the the heater, um, I I don't like to bring it up, but a lot of people will and say that that was actually. 
Gus's premiership. Now, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is what other people are saying. Mm. But, um, look, obviously with Gus in charge, he would have had input. Um, we know that that's, the, you know, that's his, he's a coach at heart. Um, yep. And I think he finds it hard not to have input. And, uh, you know, there's lots of whispers around Penrith as to, you know, what, you know, and I only, I only believe half of the whispers, of course, but, you know, he was quite hands-on in mm. the years of... Um, uh, in the early years of Ivan and, and uh, uh, Coach Griffin. Um, and I think he likes to have input, you know. He's obviously a very smart football brain. So uh, I would say that he had a fair bit of input in 2002. And um, and then, uh, so was Ricky still coach in 2003? Yeah, three, four, five. I think he went into three, 06 four, or 07 was about. Okay. Oh, five, 06, I think he got the can. But, but Gus had left in that tenure. I believe he? so. But, yeah. but I guess the point we're getting to is that he took, you know, the opportunity to move on from a club that was still yeah. relatively successful twice. Mm. Uh, mm. And this is sort of informing what's next for Phil Gould. He has openly said he's too old to coach again. Mm. And, I, and I think he's right, actually. Yep. Um, and, and, and let's not forget, there is there is um, old Clint Eastwood still coaching, um, <laughs> Dirty Harry over there in the, the, the southern suburbs. Um He's uh, he's quite old now. I mean, he's seventy odd years old. Um, Wayne Bennett, the super coach, uh, but he he does it slightly differently. Um, I think he's a different kind of a coach to Phil Gould. I think Phil Gould is a lot more frustrated uh, by, by young guys these days. I think that he you know he finds them a little bit hard to deal with. Yep. So therefore, I think he's he's probably better off in a coaching director's role or a general manager of football role. Um, so he probably will never coach again. Uh, he's probably right there. However, he did um, mention that he has had offers to go and basically be that GM of football, that coaching director, et yep. cetera, et cetera. Right now, the word on the street has been Cronulla want him, and that's, I think, as much to do with a couple of things. One is that they got rid of their CEO, or he resigned, or whatever it was, so there's an opening there. Uh, the other yep. thing is that uh, Phil Gould's commuting time is going to go from about 40 hours a week driving his car to about three minutes if you went back to Cronulla. Yeah, he lives. Uh, lives he lives down there. Yep. We 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 probably think that that's the more likely opportunity if he decides he wants to do it. Now he has said again that he's happy to go back into the media and do his just his job there. And I think he's he's done a very good job. I think this goes back to your point about why you'd like to see him at the NRL. He's done a very good job of of fighting the club land battle for the clubs. Mm. against the NRL with comments yep. about certain things. And he's been able to do that because he is in Clubland. Now, I don't think it's actually... I honestly think it's actually strengthened his resolve in that manner, being part of Clubland than when it was when he was just um, a, a pundit. Um, what I look at is I don't think there's a chance at all he ever takes a job with the NRL. He, His steadfast view for a long time has been there are too many non-football people in at the NRL. And... I don't think that'll change no matter how much money they decided to throw at him. And I don't think that's the nature of the people who are in their charge down. They won't they won't turn to Phil Gould and say, come on as an advisor or something like that because Gould doesn't do it that way. Gould is going to come in wherever he goes next and it's going to be his way. And that's, that's prerogative. That's what he's earned. Yeah, that's, that's the, yeah, he, he, yeah. he's not about to take a job where he gets um, questioned a lot and, and gets uh, – overruled a lot. I mean, that's just, I don't think that's in Gus's nature. I think he yep. likes to make decisions and, and then have everybody moving in the same direction as what his thoughts are. And, and let's be honest, most of the time, I believe his thoughts in rugby league are, are pretty much spot on. So Agreed. I yep. don't think he would like to be overruled by a board um, and especially, a. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to suggest for one moment about 
uh, Gus's relationship with the Rugby League Commission. But I'll tell you what, as an old Rugby League head, uh, if I was in the position of someone like Phil, I don't think I would be like to be overruled by a bunch of people that had never strapped a boot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the the that's the beauty of the of the Rugby League Commission. Um, it's the ugliness and the beauty of it. It's uh, you know it's. Um, it's meant to be independent and it's meant to be full of different people from different walks of life and business people and some a few ex rugby league people but i don't i don't know if he'd like to be um constantly battered by those i think i think another club will be uh i think that i think the other, another club will be where he ends up if he does you know move on as far as you know move, moves on to another job yep. um Obviously, the media gig's a good one. Uh, it'll it'll keep the um, the mortgage paid and the the Canadian club in the fridge. Um, but I <laughs> I'm not sponsored I think, by them yet, Cocksmith. Stop giving them plugs, uh, oh, mate. You've got to give. You've got to throw a few freebies out there. It's like fishing. You know, you've got to burly the waters. All right. <laughs> so I'll keep burlying with my Canadian club um, uh, prawn heads and what whatever else that you burly with. <laughs> Chicken pellets. Don't um, take your so, fishing sometimes. Yeah. But look, I don't think Cronulla's the only club that could do with him. Mm. Well, that's the I question think... that I have for you. Who else fits the bill? All right. Well, do you want to go through them now or would you like to go to an ad break? No, I think we go through them now because we'll wrap up the show with a few thoughts okay. on the, the footy at the, the moment. The, the first one that comes to mind is um, Canterbury. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an old bulldog. Yep. I mean, he, went to, he played at many clubs, but he's an old bulldog. Um, he coached bulldog them to... Coach, yep. Coach them to a grand final victory. Yep. Um, so there's the Bulldogs. There's also, um, look, there could, here's a left of field one for you the Eels, mm. Parramatta Eels. They're a little, they seem to be a little rudderless at the moment with their signings and whatnot. And I think Gould is actually a world champion at signing people up. Um, and getting them at a at a dip, at a decent price. I mean, it's funny you mention so- that because on I already, I don't watch the show, but I see the clips every so often. The hundred percent footy. He mm. made a comment about how the Parramatta club could be the biggest club in Australian sport if yeah. they had sustained sustained success. Now yeah. they're four and two. Everyone thinks they're world beaters right now. Uh, a week after they got shot out by the mighty Canberra Raiders. But what I will say is that. That is an option if they get rid of Brad Arthur. I don't think Brad Arthur, if he sticks around, would would accept a, a coaching director. I think you have to see a a clean like a, a sweep of the upper echelons at Parramatta for mm. Phil Gould to get in. I think mm. it's it's well and truly a possibility. I think more so than the Bulldogs. I think the Bulldogs are um, they're going in a direction where they'll see this out. Uh, they've I think they'll, they've stuck by Phil, uh, Dean Pay again from the couple of years. I just I think while there's an existing coach there. I don't think Phil Gould gets in. That's mm. just my, my gut feel with a team like Canterbury or Parramatta. Sure. sure. I think the easiest way is to just go through the teams that, um, you know, let's go through every team. Uh, <laughs> let's start up north and let's work our way down. The, the okay. Cowboys, he won't go up there. He's no. not moving up there. Phil's too, Phil's, you know, like, look, I wouldn't want to live in North Queensland too hot. Um, <laughs> Brisbane, he's not going there. Uh, let's move down. Mal Meninga's the Gold Coast. He ain't going there. Yeah, so uh, uh, Mal's looking after that. Uh, let's go down to Newcastle. I reckon um, there's a chance. Newcastle. I'm going to say there's a chance. If if well, Nathan Brown can't, nice. he can't get the job done in the next, yeah, let's call it six weeks. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll. I just I think there's a chance that they move on, not necessarily in season, but I think 
uh, yep. they look for and and I w- always thought that he's had a bit of a soft spot for the Knights and I think mm. Phil Gould has a soft spot for a lot of teams to be honest but mm. um, I uh, that's a possibility I don't know if he'd want to do the commute because it's probably even worse than going to Penrith no, he'd, he'd have to live there wouldn't he he'd have to live there and be there for three or four but, days I don't know time. there's there's again you, the thing you've got to remember with uh, the likes of anybody who's successful in a lot of things whether it's business or whatever the ego is a huge element to it. Now, if you can go oh, to sure. a club and you can, you know, write them up, and there's a guy called Kalen Ponga there. There's an experienced halfback in Mitchell Pierce. You know, there's there's ingredients there that Phil Gould might look at and go, you know what? If I can get mm. my right guy in there in place as the coach, and I can be the coaching director, you never know. Now, I hate speculating the best times on this show. Uh, we mm. like being relatively well, you know, stuck you, in you flagged, reality. You flagged but, Newcastle. But there Fair we enough. go. Let's keep going. Um, I don't okay. really do great with geography. Well, wh- okay. so what about Warriors? No chance. Um, no. The well, yeah, Man- he won't go over there. Manly's no chance because Des is the king. Correct. Um, let's keep going down. We'll go down to the Roosters. He's not going back there anytime no. soon. Um, Bunnies. Even though he maintains a great relationship with Nick Bunnies. but Bunnies. Bunnies? No. Mate, no, Clint Eastwood's in the house, mate. Dirty Harry's in there with, with his 44 Magnum, so Gus ain't going to be there. Um, Cronulla's one that we've spoken about yep. um, that could be. St. George, I don't believe um, I don't believe he'll go there. They've just They've re-signed, re-signed Mary. Mary again, once again. I like how uh, the Dragons generally wait till really late in the season before they give McGregor a new contract. It's, <laughs> oh, it's a tried and true formula. Can we not? <laughs> Can we not? You promised that we would talk about that. By the way, have you looked at the table lately? I'm, I'm eating ribs, baby. Yeah. Uh, next. Uh, so next would be, let's go. Tigers. Uh, Tigers. Look, Tigers Tigers are one that, um, even though Madge is quite strong, mm. I think, I think that, that I don't think the door's open, but I think that it could be opened in the future depending what happens. I mean, they've just gotten flogged, but that's just a you know, that's just a weekly thing. I mean, it's, it's happened. They'll, they'll move on. They'll get better. They'll be better next week for that, the Tigers. Um, let's talk about, we've already spoken about Parramatta. Penrith, he's already been there. Uh, who else have I forgotten? Uh, Raiders. Raiders, he yeah. Won't go, he won't go to Canberra. Week. No, and uh, Melbourne, he's not Melbourne. going there. So I think we've so, covered off every team. I'd I, I probably put the, the so. possibilities. Let's go Cronulla. Yep. Uh, do we think the Bulldogs are a possibility? Yeah. I th- well, I, well, I do think so um, okay. because I, I think that there's a young team. There's a coach that I know he's gotten re-signed recently, but I think he could probably use some help. Um, yep. You know, I might uh, I might be totally wrong, but I feel that they could use some help in some real kind of solid um, stability. Uh, and Gus brings that, and he brings success um, quite often, almost immediately. Yep. So they'd be wanting that. They're not short of money. They're not short of cash, uh, <laughs> the Bulldogs. Um, so uh, who else did we say? We've got them. We've got Parramatta. Parramatta, um, uh, so Newcastle. Or, or, Para, Newcastle. I think the Tigers you can probably put as a, as a possibility. But to wrap it's this part of it up, yeah. Gus could choose what he wants. And that's the beauty yep. of, of the Gus situation is that he can say, I want this amount of money, I want this amount of control, and there will be some clubs that will line up for him. And hmm. I... My gut says no, no to Cronulla, uh, only because I think of just where they're at um, yeah. currently. Uh, See, to be I, a bit of I, I don't a generational know. Generational change if he went there, and I, 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 don't, I don't know about that. I, everything says yes to me about Cronulla, okay. and I'll tell you why. Because you know, like I mean, they're they're about to get rid of Gal at the end of the year, so the hard head will go. Oh, come on, he'll keep playing. He's, no, a, he's he a machine. <laughs> he'll go. They've got a young coach. They've got haven't got a CEO. Uh, and he lives in the area. I mean, if there's anything that's really, you know, the, the 
you know, all of the, the flags are raised for me as far as that one goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll remains to be seen, and I reckon we'll find out by the beginning of um, 2020. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll throw one more thing into the mix, all right? Don't say rugby union. If you say rugby union, I'm going to hang up. <laughs> Ra- uh, no, no. Don't do uh, <laughs> the one thing Phil Gould has not done in rugby league, what is it? Do you want, like, oh, I don't know. What, he hasn't coached Australia? Correct. But but Mal's got that. Yeah, but he's also at the Titans. I'm just saying. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's said that he doesn't want to coach again. Yeah, I, I, not, not week to week. Mm, just mm. saying. Look, you, you, could, you could be right, but I think... I think Mal has got that gig as long as he wants it. And I think they'd be too scared to fire him. Have you seen yep. how big he is? <laughs> there Man, we go, scary. people. He's still that's, scary. He's still that's scary. The, the Gus Gould legacy uh, dissected in full by uh, myself and Rob Cox. It's been interesting uh, to find out that Rob Cox does not remember a single minute of 1999 was probably the biggest <laughs> thing that I take out of uh, well, this uh, episode. Hold on. Be- before you go any further, I was 28 and single in 1999. Okay, so you do the math. You may have been chasing something over in Canada, whatever it was. Chasing a jump, it was, was freezing. I, I may have been doing the same thing here in Australia. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. All right, that's the Gus Gould legacy dissected by Not The Footy Show. We'll come back after the break, have a very quick look at what's happening in rugby league right now, uh, and then get you out of here. So that's been, yeah, the Gus Gould legacy. I love you, Gus. I love Gus too. I love him. I love him. Should we send him an old-fashioned letter? Yeah. Why not? Why not on some parchment paper? Oh, how good's your handwriting? My handwriting's horrible. You won't be able to read it. Oh, it's shit house. But I'll you tell you what. Do you know anyone who's got, got some... good stuff? Good, good, got the good stuff? Yeah. No, not really. My son's probably better than me. He's there eleven. But I've oh, got we'll some get nice aftershave. No, 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 no. We'll spray the paper. Yeah, we'll get him to write it. Well, yeah. Yeah, Gus know, would like that. Gus is actually Gus would eat Nate. That. He'd, he'd, he'd lap that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this show needs that. more Nate. I think that's what we've decided. He actually yeah. asked me before. He said to me, he goes, I said, I've got to go into a podcast. And he goes, what are you doing? Which one? And I go, Oh, I which one? Oh, 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 That's what I said. I said, I only do one podcast. He goes, oh, the rugby league. I went, yeah. He goes, do you want me on it? I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stay well out of it, mate. You just keep your head down. And I feel threatened whenever he's around. Yeah, yeah. We've already done three. I just haven't released them yet. Not the footy show. Okay, we're back. It's the last segment of Not The Footy Show, episode 194. Let's start the music. I have had a request for different music. I've got to look up where it is. So you might hear the classic Michael Jackson or you might hear something new. Uh, that's okay. courtesy of uh, the Cutster. Can this Victorian computer programmer or this school teacher from Queensland stop 26-year-old John Sargent of New South Wales from winning a world record prize total of $431,604? Tonight, we're offering a $10,000 pop-top caravan, a $25,000 upright piano, two outstanding Holden vehicles, plus a cash jackpot of $306,000. All on the world's richest quiz, Sale of the Century. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the king of quiz, Tony Barber. What a game. What a game, folks. A big one tonight. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My... Gee, there's been some exciting nights over the last 10 years, getting on for 10 and a half now, but um, perhaps none to equal this because 
whilst in uh, 10 or 20 years time, no doubt million dollar prizes will be the go. We're looking very, very closely at uh, almost half a million tonight. And here's the young fellow that's going for it, John Sargent. Good evening, John. Good evening, Tony. Unfortunately, I couldn't find a clean version of the Sale of Century tune, so I've got to go into the archives and try and find one that can go a bit longer than that. But there you go, Cut Hill. At least I gave a run. Back to the real prize music. Now, uh, Greg Ingalls retired a couple of weeks ago. We have uh, discussed off air that we want to do a dedicated podcast about his career. I think we will park it for the moment because we don't want to have that... Um, uh, what's the word? Overrun by the Feel Good Legacy podcast. So we'll do one in the future, everybody, uh, where we'll sit down and we'll talk about GI. Uh, so good luck in retirement, champion. Uh, as for the current state of play in rugby league, there are four teams after round six that are five and one Cocksmith. I yep. think entering the season, uh, we could have probably agreed that three of those four teams would have been the Storm, the Roosters, and the Rabbitohs. Who the heck is in third? The Raiders, aren't they? They are, mate. The Raiders. Yeah, they're going great, mate. Um, your imports are doing really good. And, uh, you know, I, I actually said White into six was a massive mistake, and I was massively wrong. Um, he's going, well, uh, they're doing the biz at the moment. They get, they're becoming very hard to beat, and they're scoring tries out wide and in the middle and everywhere. So, uh, they're also defending pretty well. They've got the best defence, yeah. or second best defence, or third best defence. Oh, hang on, wait, wait, wait. It's best defence in the competition. Yeah, no, they're, they're going great. Um, I, I think Ricky's really got them believing, and uh, I think it's taken a change of, as it does, it either takes a coach change or a change of personnel um, to to get the belief back. And, uh, mate, they're doing really well. And, and like I said to you, at the start of this year, I went down to Canberra to do some work down there yep. uh, with the Raiders, and, and Ricky was the most relaxed I've ever seen him, and he was actually the nicest I've ever encountered him. So I'm on the Ricky train. I love right. it. And, and people are queuing up to enter the mm. John Bateman Appreciation Society fan club. Uh, we were yep, all over that after two weeks. People the are getting master. on. Uh, mm. the, yep. the kid goes good. Uh, yep. Our person that deserves a big rap from the Raiders is Chance Nickel Clockset. He has been fantastic for them. Yeah, you've got to be careful with that name, though, don't you? You know what I mean? you just got to be careful <laughs> yeah. with it. If you try and push it out too far, fast, sorry. My nephew, we went down on the weekend yeah. down to Canberra, a bit of a road trip. Uh, thanks for coming. We invited you and you basically... Mate, I'm sorry, I was, Wait, I was waved as waved at us as we went past Camden. Uh, yep. He reckons he looks like Kylo Ren, so the new nickname for him is uh, Kylo Clockstad. That's pretty much the nickname for Charles Nichols. So yep. you can look at that. But uh, we yeah. went down. Full credit to the Raiders. Uh, you can get out of Canberra Stadium really easily. Um, yeah. There were 17,000 people there, and it felt like there was about eight in terms of getting out of the stadium. It was just that simple. And yep. Sunday afternoon games at Canberra, oh, very, very good in mm. April. I would hate to be there in a month's time. It would be oh, it's great. That's great down there. I, well, then I when are we going? That. Come on, mate. Let's make it happen. Up. No, um, I shan't be doing it. I'm not going to do it this year. Okay. All right. All right.
Uh, other teams that deserve a wrap are the Eels and the Dragons. They're both four mm. and two, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty impressive effort. And then we've got a bunch of teams on three and three, the Manly, uh, Cronulla and the Tigers. And then we get to the also-round territory of the Warriors, Titans, Panthers and Cowboys. They're two and four. And then three teams are one and five, Cocksmith. The Broncos, the Knights and the Bulldogs. And the Bulldogs, we agree, we're gonna, always going to struggle this year. Yeah. But I told Knights, you at the start of the year, though, that the Broncos won't make the eight. I said no, that. you did. You did. I think I had them in eighth, so I'm looking all right. Um, mm. But they've, they haven't played horribly. They've just... They butchered the game against the Tigers a few weeks ago. They were in with the, in with the game on the weekend against Canberra. They, they'd been good enough towards the end. They could run them down. Uh, but they'll come good. I, I don't think their season's over by any stretch. Uh, but that's the three teams currently 1-5, and five, which is pretty amazing. And the good news is they'll be on Channel 9 for the rest of eternity on you know, prime time slot. Of course they will. Course uh, they will. <laughs> finally, I wanted to get to one thing. Uh, do you recall that there's a thing called the Magic Round coming up? Yeah, I'm not going. Mm. But I know it's on. My, my gut feel is the way this Easter um, weekend of rugby league has gone, is it too close to Easter? Is it too close to Anzac Day? It's practically... It, it, it's Two it's, weeks, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's whacking after. a big event back on the end of another big event. I know mm. Origin isn't that far away, but oh, part of me feels like it might be a bit of a letdown after what we've seen this last... We've had the new stadium open at Bank West, which was awesome to see... All those fans turn out. Can't wait to get down to that yeah. ground, actually, and, and take a look. Um, yeah. Apparently, you've got to take a, a tissue with you, though, because if you go up to the top parts of the uh, stadium, they are genuine nosebleed seats. People's noses just Yeah, but you can everywhere. see everything. You can it see can. everything. It's not like the nosebleeds at Allianz or at ANZ. You can actually see everything, and you can yeah. hear everything. I mean, look, I, I, um, I, I don't like the Magic Round concept. I actually think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think what I'd prefer to see is a split magic round, meaning you know four games at ANZ, four games in Brisbane. Yep. Um, that's pre- that's my preference. Um, I think taking them all to one ground is, um, you know, eight games on the one ground uh, is a little bit risky for a couple of reasons. If it rains, that ground is going to be absolutely screwed by the end of the eighth <laughs> game. Maybe by the end of the fifth game, it might be screwed. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not. It's a copycat thing as well. They do it elsewhere, and uh, we've just copied them. Speaking uh, of copycats, uh, as the final point here before we wrap up the show completely, and that is at Canberra on the weekend, I saw something at halftime which I've got to give the Raiders credit for. They stole it from overseas or wherever else you want to call it, but it was a baby race at halftime. They lined up um, six kids with their parents, uh, like they would have been all under like one one year old, and over the 10 metres, they basically had a race. It was yeah. over in about 90 seconds, but the entire crowd got completely drawn in and loved it. And the poor kid that finished second was leading the whole way. It was like the Dragons of old. Oh, Basically, no. you know, oh, they, were, no. they were ahead for nine and a half uh, metres. And then at last metre... name was Mary, was it? Yeah, um, <laughs> last metre, uh, the kid's just done the old, you know, walking towards or crawling towards Dad and then decided, no, nah, I was tired. So I just sat in its rear end. And looked at Dad like, you know, I am not moving another inch for you. And this blonde-haired little girl came from the clouds, goes over, takes the glory. But I will say that there is nothing wrong with with clubs stealing ideas from overseas. If it works, you've got to use it. Like, I I hate... Look, I don't don't, don't know. I'm I'm never one for child exploitation. (laughs) But... Uh, Can you get Nate on the phone? Um, But I would actually prefer a different type of race at halftime. Oh, here we go. And look, 
I'm not saying it'd work. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm just saying it'd be probably better. Would be a bikini race. <laughs> Cocksman. No, look, it's cold down there. I understand, but I think a bikini race would be much better than a baby race. It's not child exploitation, and I'm not saying it has to be females in the bikini. It could be True. men. It could be anything. But I just don't know about the child exploitation. I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a talk to Ricky. I'll get him on the phone. I'll talk to him later. That's been episode 194 of Not The Footy Show. Uh, It's been great chatting up. uh, Chatting up? uh, Chatting to. Roberto Coxsmithian, once again. Buddy, we we must talk more often. uh, Yeah. And uh, I think it's been good to get into the Gus Gould legacy. uh, Talk a bit of footy as it's happening. Obviously, Anzate Day tomorrow, everybody. Uh, Just Mm. a point on this, uh, and I struggle with it even when I was at the NRL. I loathe the amount of, and to use your word, exploitation of the Anzac name and the um, significance of the day and how it's linked to rugby league so much at this time of year. You don't like it. Uh, I really find that it's just overdone in regards to um, the the connections that are made in regards to what football is and what happened. Um, Mm. I don't like it being used as a marketing ploy. That's just me personally. Uh, And one of the things that I will say that off, off that part of it, but the NRL has been using Angus Crichton to promote the Anzac Day game, um, yeah. who played for South the last two or three years and hasn't played in this game once. And yeah. just it's little things like that where I just go, look, he might have. I haven't watched any of the features. Don't get me wrong, but he may have a link back to Anzac Day, and I get that. But um, it just it's it's a day that football needs to be secondary, and um, that's my concern is that you know. I go back to 2015, we had five games on Anzac Day. I remember I was covering it and it was just like, what? What What are we yeah. doing? Um, this is, and I, I made a real push that it not be called Anzac Round and managed to get that across the line. I just thought, you can't call it that. It's not, wait, rugby league is not the, the um, what's the word, the custodian of the Anzac name. And mm. it's something I, that I struggle I, with every year. Yeah, I can see your point. I definitely see your point, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that I don't necessarily. Um, agree with it, yep. except for the bit about um, I, I. I don't like the bit when they compare rugby league to war, yep. um, because I think it takes a whole lot bigger set to be in war um, than it does to run a rugby league football. But uh, at the same time, I, I think um, I think it's a good promotion for for the day, which would generally be a fairly boring day after um, uh, after the marches and and the dawn services and whatnot. Um, if the game wasn't on, and no, I mean, it's not. It's not that I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind the game being played in the day. It's just the, it's the way it's hyped as you know, um, rugby league is so special on this day. It's, it, it, I, mm. I just, I just struggle with that. That's just me personally. Yeah. I'm not saying other people have to have that view. No, no. I um, get it. It's just that's the part of it that I struggle with. And, and the last point on that is, uh, the storm have been promoting the game, which is fine. Um, but they've been promoting this blackout thing where you know the players are lined up and. They're under lights and stuff as the best blackout ever, and I'm just like, that's the bit that I struggle with. I, that is a result of you playing on Anzac Day and the um, recognition of you know what has happened before. It's not about whether it's the best or worst that's ever been done, and that's those things that I struggle with. But that's just me. Mm. I'm not saying everybody has to have the opinion, but that's just yeah. a part of me that I just go, you, you can, you can 
you can have those things happen, but you don't have to necessarily use it as the reason why people should come to the game. That's the that's the parts that I struggle with. But anyway, yeah. Um, Look, I'm 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 kind of glad this year that um, uh, it's the first year in, in quite a number of years that I haven't had to work. Um, yep. Because I pulled the birthday card and said, "No, it's my birthday, so I'm not going." So, Happy birthday! Yeah, no, I'm not singing that. So, um, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll get to watch it on TV. Uh, we need to catch up in the flesh next time, Cocksmith. Uh, sure. You can catch Cocksmith on uh, Twitter and Instagram at R O B B C O X. That's at Rob Cox. I'm at Correct. NRL Tweet or at W D N I C O L S O N. And you can grab us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL Podcast. Please, if you're happy to tell us that you actually enjoyed the show, let us know somehow. Somewhere. Was there any other questions or anything? Was? No Is questions. Nothing. Zero. Lame. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well, we have, cool. We've done two shows all year now, mate. We're on fire. Uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next no time. Uh, enjoy your Anzac Day, everybody. Uh, Recognise sort of what has happened in the past in regards to that, and we'll catch up to you next time on Not the Footy Show. Catch you later, mate. Perhaps there. Not the Footy Show. You've been linked to other clubs. Are you done with rugby league now in a coaching or general manager capacity? There has been no doubt that I've you know, I've had approaches over the years many times, but. I've knocked them all back within minutes, you know, not because I don't respect that or not humbled by the opportunity, but um, you know, my, my heart was at Penrith and that's what I'm doing. And now that's over, I'll just take a seat back, I'll work in the media and dodge blokes like you. Not the show. Pepsi.